Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of Just Another Bookish Podcast. My name is Hilke and today I will be talking about the last book I've read. Um, and that is Ruby Red by Kerstin Geer. I mispronounced that. Um, it's, it's Kerstin Geer. I I don't know, it, it's a German name. <laughs> My German isn't really good since I, I, I've barely had any German lessons but so it's that's a book we'll be talking about in this episode um, it's the first part of a trilogy um, that it's either called the precious gem trilogy or the ruby red trilogy I found both names online so I don't really know which one is the actual title of the trilogy in English but Precious Gem Trilogy is the most directly translated name from German um, as far as I know um, and this is strange for me to record right now because it's Monday evening so tomorrow this episode will be aired and I had recorded this entire episode uh, yesterday, but um, I had recorded and edited it. And while I was exporting the file, the audio file, something went wrong. And I only had the first two and a half minutes in really bad audio quality. And the rest of the um, recording was gone while it was an hour of recorded the recording was an hour the recording was an hour long so yeah so i'm re-recording it right now um and i'm going to edit it tonight and then tomorrow at 12 p.m it's going to be online if everything's okay and um about my um posts on my posts on Instagram and Facebook will be later since I am at school tomorrow like the entire day so yeah the posts are always going to be a bit delayed and no I won't post the day before that that would be confusing I think so um well enough talking about other things um, I'm supposed to tell you about the book so let's dive into it shall we so the book is about a girl named Gwen or Gwendolyn and she is part of a really abnormal family where um, many of her family members are gifted with uh, special powers and once in a certain time um there are um there is a family member always um one of the women that um has the ability to travel through time and it's like they call it a time travel gene but it's never confirmed whether it it is a it is a gene or not the last of the twelve time travelers that that are um supposed to 
exists. So the last of the 12 time travelers divided between two families. So Gwen's family and another family. Um, the So the last time traveler of the 12 that will be born um, is in Gwen's generation and everyone expects it to be Gwen's cousin Charlotte but eventually and really very early on in the book actually it turns out that Gwen is the one um, with this ability and then of course Gwen's entire life changes because this was really unexpected and now I have a new segment because uh, I thought it would be better since I am recapping the entire novel or the entire book um, for you to know who was who because last time I talked about a lot of characters without really specifying um, who these characters were. I just like mentioned the names but didn't really go in depth on this is that character, this is that one, they have this relationship. So um, that's what I'm going to do from now on. And in this book this was really easy since they have a list of important characters at the end of the book. Although not all of those characters seem really important to me, so I'm going to, uh, I am going to choose um, the characters that I feel are really the most important ones in this book, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it, about them, since um, the list at the back of the book is really, it's simplified, so. I, I don't feel like the list gives you enough information about the characters. So I'm just going to go through this list and tell you in my own words about the characters. I'm taking the book, so that's what you're hearing. Book sounds. Alright. So uh, since this book is about time travel, we have characters in the past and present and in different families because this time travel gene is carried on, it's um, present in two families. And um, the important characters in the present in then and then more specifically in the Montrose family, so that's Gwen's family. Um, the important characters there are, of course, um, Gwendolyn Shepherd, that's our protagonist, Gwen. Um, and she um, discovers one day that she can travel through time. A um, little bit more about her um, she also has the ability to talk to ghosts or to what we suspect are ghosts and um, she is supposed to be 16 although I don't feel like she is mature enough to be 16 and that's coming from a 15 year old so (laughs) 
if I really had to put an age on her, I'd say she was 13 or 14. But she doesn't seem 16 to me in the largest part of the book. So she is actually the narrator and this book is narrated in first person perspective. So we really only get to see and hear and we really only discover the things that Gwen sees and hears and notices. Then um, we have Gwendolyn's mother, Grace. Um, she, well, Grace, uh, she is really against the time traveling. She doesn't like having Gwen being involved in the time traveling since um, her niece Lucy, who was the time tra- the lost time traveler before Gwen, um, she got in real trouble, real trouble, and um, Grace doesn't want her daughter Gwendolyn to go through the same things that she saw Lucy go through. And I think I finally found um, the right place to set my microphone um, to optimize my sound, since I really I noticed I sound really quiet. So. My microphone is in a different position right now, and it should be better. Uh, back to the list. Um, then, well, maybe I just need to talk about Lucy right now, since I have already mentioned her. So, um, she is actually one of the characters in the past, and she was um, the last female time traveler before before Gwen. Um, and she and her boyfriend Paul, they, um, who is also a time traveler, um, they stole the chronograph, which is like the device that can kind of control um, time jumps. So that device can, you can, like, with that device you can make sure that. Um, the person, the time traveler, is sent to a specific time, but when they time travel, they still they end up in, in the same place as where they were in the present. But with the chronograph, you can actually control um, to which time the time travelers are sent and how long they stay there. So, um, Lucy is the niece of Grace and she is the daughter of Grace's older brother Harry and uh, her boyfriend Paul he is part of the other family with time travels the de Villiers and I kind of say this in a French way because I've only read the, the name in my head it's always been French way pronounced it's always been pronounced like that and I feel like that's how you're supposed to pronounce it, since I don't know how you would in English. But that's again something in my head. I I just don't know how someone who doesn't know French or someone who's who has English as their first language would pronounce this, since I'm from Belgium and we learn French. We really we're either born speaking French or we learn it in school. 
like I I've been learning French since I was ten, so that's really I'm like conditions to recognize these French sounding things. I read this as French. French. I'm sorry. So um, Paul is Lucy's girlfriend. No, not her girlfriend. Her boyfriend. Um, jeez. So um, Paul is Lucy's boyfriend, and they uh, stole this chronograph together after they discovered what um, what it was used for, why it was so important. So there's a kind of a secret hidden in this chronograph um, that can be accessed when all 12 time travelers have um, their blood registered in the device because it uses blood to make sure that the time traveler can travel through, can travel to the right time. Paul and Lucy stole th- this this first chronograph. Of chron- I I actually don't know whether it's chronograph or chronographer. Doesn't matter. I I say chronograph because it's. I think that's what it's called in English, but I I've read the book in Dutch, so I can be wrong. Um, so they saw this first chronograph and they then traveled to 1912. But later, um, I'll tell you more about that later. Then um, another important character is Paul's older brother Falk, and he is um, he is kind of the um, head of the secret society that that is focused on time travel and on keeping that chronograph safe because they have a second one that they are now using since Paul and Lucy stole the first one and he is the father of Gideon um, and Gideon is the 18 year old time traveler actually that travels through time along with Gwen so they they kind of form a pair while they are time traveling in the last part of the book and they only like I think they only make two time travel trips together so it's not much but a lot of things happen during those two trips and then we go back to um, Gwendolyn's family to the Montroses because I really sidetracked and did four or five other characters so um, back in in the Montrose family in the present We have Lady Arista and she is the grandmother of Gwendolyn and Charlotte whom I'll be talking about later and she um, she kind of she is the very strict person that kind of rules the house she she kind of makes the rules and she isn't really an approachable person so you won't really get these very strong family bonds with her she's like drawn back and she doesn't really show many emotions um, around other people and then we go to Charlotte Um, she is Gwen's cousin and they are the same age or about the same age 
um, and everyone ex actually expected Charlotte to have these time travel abilities and Charlotte has been prepared her entire life for the time traveling and she knows how she has to behave in the past and all those things um, and Gwen doesn't so that that's makes things more complicated since Charlotte is prepared for all of this and Gwen isn't um, and then maybe um, one of the important characters at Gwen and Charlotte's school is Leslie Hay who is Gwendolyn's best friends and she also helps Gwen researching certain things that she encountered in the past and which she doesn't really she can't really make sense of and she and Gwen are it's, you really notice that they've known each other for a long time they really get along and then there is I actually um, since I know what I've written down in the like summary the in-depth part of this podcast where I really deep dive into the book um, and then we actually need to uh, more characters at that school to be mentioned and the first is someone with a very very long name um, James August Peregrine Pimblebottom so someone with a very long name and with a really ridiculous last name so he is um, the school ghosts so Gwen can see ghosts and James is one of the ghosts she regularly encounters and he kind of he's kind of trapped in her school and he's from the 18th century no I, I have um, two characters at school that I still need to discuss so one is Gordon and then he he has a really Dutch name Gelderman so Gordon and I think Gelderman I think you, you'd pronounce it Gelderman in English but like I speak Dutch and in my head when I read it it's Gelderman so like Gordon he's uh, a classmate of Gwen's and Charlotte's and he's kind of like a class clown but I, I needed to mention him because he's in my summary and then we have one of um, Gwendolyn's teachers Sir Whitman and he is the English and history teacher and also a part of that secret society as we later found find out although we really don't get any information on that later so I am wondering why they really put it in there since he doesn't really play a huge role in the book and then still in the present time we have some other characters in the headquarter of the guardians which is this which is the secret society I mentioned earlier so they have a headquarter in temple in London and I totally forgot to look where it is but it's like let's say very touristic part of London with like really famous gardens and fountains as far as I have read in the book but I really don't know much about it so yeah so um, yeah then I already mentioned Gideon and Falk so we have 
two more characters I really need to mention. That's um, Sir Thomas Thomas Thomas. You say Thomas. Sir Thomas George. He is a member of that secret society of the Guardians, and he's really um, one of the most important ones. Like he's part of the inner circle. And then we have another member of the Guardians and the Inner Circle, um, Dr. Jake White, and he is a doctor, as you might have guessed, and he's the one who kind of examines Gideon and Gwendolyn and makes sure that like they, that they haven't gotten ill or that they don't get that they don't catch any viruses from the past since like you've had some really nasty illnesses in the past that they really wouldn't want to bring back so that doctor also he's the one who brings Gwendolyn to uh, the room where the chronograph is being held it's like they have to go to and through a maze of tunnels and Gwen has to be blindfolded every time they do that because they don't really trust her. And then we still have three characters in the past I need to talk about. So I've already told you about Lucy and Paul. And um, one of the other important characters is the Count of... Um, and I'm just and I'm again going to say this in French, as I read it in French, of um, the Count of Saint-Germain, or like Saint-Germain, I guess you'd say. I'm not sure. Again, I'm conditioned to read these things in French. So the Count of Saint-Germain, he was also, also a time traveler, and he was the, he, he was a very distant ancestor of Gideon's and he founded uh, the Guardians and then we had one of the um, closest companions of the Counts um, and also one of his friends uh, Miro Rakoxi he's a uh, Romanian alchemist uh, with the nickname the Black Leopard and then we only need one more character actually that I really have to mention um, from this list and that's Margaret Tilney and she is the great-great-grandmother of Gwendolyn and she is also a time traveler but she really she's really distrusting um, towards Gideon and the Guardians and then uh, there is one other character I would like to mention that is not on this list. And that is Robert. And Robert is the ghost of a seven-year-old boy. And he is um, the deceased son of Dr. Wright. And Gwen regu- regularly comes in contact, in contact with him while she visits the headquarter of the Guardians in Temple, since he always hangs around his father. Alright, um, that, that were the most important characters, according to me. 
Um, and now we are going to the in-depth discussion. Um, there are going to be spoilers in here. I am going to put a huge spoiler warning here. Please, if you don't want to hear the spoilers before you've read the book, or if you're not planning to, but you just don't like hearing spoilers, then I'd suggest you skip about half an hour ahead since um, the last time I recorded I... I'm sorry. The last time I recorded I took it took about half an hour to um, go through this. But anyways I am going to um, get back here in editing and tell you um, how much you actually need to skip through so you're probably going to hear that now don't want spoilers skip ahead one hour right now three two one all right um i hope everyone who wanted to skip this part has already done this and uh, since now i am really going to deep dive into the book although like i i really don't have much written down in my opinion, but uh, the book that I'm reading now for next episode, I'm I'm really doing this intensely since I, I already have an entire page of notes in the first like 10 pages of that book. But now I'm like still kind of on the surface, but already in depth since I really have written down from each chapter um, what happens in there and towards the last part of the book I really started to write down more. So um, the book starts with a prologue. I'm so happy. I really love books with like prologues and epilogues. I have no idea why but I just like those books. I, uh, I am terrible at writing them myself but I love reading those. Just I don't know it's it's fun to me. So we start with a prologue and then there we see two people who are hiding in the London of 1912. Right, I forgot to say this, this the entire book takes place in London. So um, you see people, I really, really need to learn how to speak, please. Alright, so we see two people hiding in the London of 1912 and after they escaped the Guardian, so the secret society um, around time traveling. I'm trying to read while... Oh, I had the same problem yesterday. I've, I've really written something down and it's really unclear. I, I have a very messy handwriting and it's, it's so annoying because I can't read it. Yeah, I don't know what I wrote down. Um, so uh, three words I can't read, and then um, uh, probably of which we don't know at this point. Um, no, of of uh, that we don't really know much about them since there isn't really much information about them at this point. That's probably what I wrote down. I don't know. I really, I I really need to make sure my handwriting is clear. It's like. And then at school they say that sometimes too, just my handwriting is really unclear. I need to do something about this. 
I can't even read what I wrote down. <laughs> Anyways, so, so prologue. And now, um, well, the, now I did this thing. The first two chapters, I wrote chapter one, chapter two. And after that, I just stopped doing that. So, um, first chapter, um, really, I have one line. So, Charlotte, she gets nauseous at school. And uh, during the history class of Sir Whitman, and he tells Gwendolyn to take Charlotte home. So, um, nausea is one of the signs that that time traveling is going to happen soon. So, at this point, uh, Charlotte was nauseous, but Gwendolyn was actually feeling like that too. But she couldn't explain it, since, yeah, Charlotte was the one who was going to do the time jump thing and the nausea was a symptom of that and at that point Gwen didn't know she was the one who had it um, but that's going to change very soon and then in the second chapter um, Gwen she Gwendolyn she just goes upstairs for a bit uh, while Lady Arista and Charlotte's mother Glenda um, whom I forgot to mention earlier. But so Charlotte's mother is called Glenda and she is the sister of um, Grace and Harry. And um, so Lady Rista and Glenda stay with Charlotte in the music room waiting for her to make a first time jump. And mean- meanwhile Gwen goes upstairs and she's alone there since her two slippers... Her two siblings, Nick and Caroline, they're still at school and her mother Grace is still at work. And yeah, eventually she just gets bored and she goes downstairs again to the music room. And then there she talks to her great aunt, Maddie. It's kind of like, she's, Maddie is like a bit the outsider, she's like the crazy aunt. That They say that, like... In the beginning of the book, they often call it Crazy Aunt Maddie, but um, because she has these visions that no one can, no one can make sense of because they're really, really cryptic. We get one vision described in the book, and that's it, just one vision, and I haven't even written it down in the summary. And Maddie asks Gwen to go to Selfridges to get some of her favorite candy. Because Maddie wants candy. But before Gwen then goes to that shop, she um, kind of interrogates Maddie about the entire time traveling thing, since Maddie appears to know more about it. Um, while she shouldn't. I mean, she she isn't supposed to know about, it, about all of that, but she does. Um, let's see. Next thing. So, yeah, so after that, Gwen is on her way to the shop and she suddenly just feels nauseous and like the world around her starts disappearing and she makes her first time jump and we never find out where she goes or when she goes since she's still at the same place so she then she's in the past and she walks back to her house and she doesn't know what to do and she well, there isn't a bell yet, so she like knocks at the door, and um, then she 
then like right before someone can open that door she just goes back to the present so she calls Leslie and she tells her what just happened and Leslie knows about all the things going on in Gwen's family um she isn't supposed to know that but Gwendolyn she just yeah she told Leslie because it's her best friend <laughs> I don't know yeah logic but Leslie insists that Gwen tells her mother about this when Grace gets home but eventually she doesn't and then we just get some random information um, while Gwendolyn is just thinking and it turns out she used to be friends with a gargoyle named what is it? Like it, it it's it's a name very similar to Azazel like from Supernatural I'm sorry sidetracking um, but it, it's not that it's, I'm trying to it's Azrael Azrael sounds similar so yeah she used to be friends with that gargoyle when they still lived in Durham which is why, where Gwendolyn is originally from but after her father died when she was young her mother decided to move back to the family estate in London so we get that random bit of information and then uh, well, next thing I wrote down is that Gwen travels back a second time uh, and during the night she gets chased through her own house and they call her a thief since I don't they just think she's a thief for some reason because she's random in that house and no one had ever seen her before so yeah that happens she travels back she still doesn't tell her mom about it and then uh, next thing I wrote down, she is back at school and Gwendolyn and Leslie notice that Sir Whitman, so their English and history teacher, that he has a seal ring, so like what used to like seal letters, like with wax, and then you just press the ring um, in the wax and there's like a symbol, so like seal ring, I don't know if it's a word, so I explain this again. Alright, and, and uh, the word I was looking for in the last episode was fire, fire hydrant. By the way, that's just random information, so I think I'm going to have a moment like that in every episode. Really. Knowing myself, that's going to happen. Alright, um, so they notice that Sir Richmond has this ring and it draws their attention, but they don't really know where they know that from. Um, I'm suddenly talking too loud, apparently. There's a red line in my recording. Oops. I'll figure it out. <laughs> right now I'm, I'm really in like the yellowish part, so I'm like talking a bit too loud, apparently. But it's going to be really quiet when I like let it play, so this is good. Alright, um, and then uh, Gwen starts feeling nauseous again, she asks Sir Whitman to um, go to the restroom, so she she 
may go, which is strange since, like, when I need to go to the restroom and my school is, nope, you can go. But here is just, yeah, okay, sure, go to the restroom. It's illogical. Why can't, why can't we go now? I'm sorry, rant. I'm keeping that for, like, a different time, not on this podcast, because it's not the point of the podcast. I'm supposed to be talking about books, not about, like, the illogical things in my school. <laughs> Alright, so then Gwen is in the restroom and she, jump, she jumps back a third time. I, I really, I say jumps back. It's like, to me, it really feels like, uh, to me, that these time travel things, they really feel like those, I don't know if, if you've heard, like, these time slip stories, like, there's, like, a, a an urban legend or something in Liverpool, where there's, like, one street where people just randomly travel back in time, or, like, that, that's how the story goes, since... I don't really believe it, but like th- that's what it reminds me of. And if if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look it up. Like time slips, Liverpool, you'll get results. So yeah, that that's what it reminds me of. So she travels back a third time, and then she sees herself kissing with a guy. Like randomly, she sees herself kissing with a guy in the past. She traveled back three centuries and she sees herself really herself she recognizes herself she sees herself kissing with a guy which is strange because uh, you see yourself like how unreal is that you just see yourself in the past you just discovered you can travel through time and then you see yourself in the past that that must have been so weird I mean she, she was surprised in the book but you know, imagine that. Of course you can't because time travel isn't a thing, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Alright, so then Gwen travels back. She, she's back in the present and she finally tells her mom what's going on. And then she, her mother comes and, get her, comes, and get, comes and gets her from school. And they go to temple, so to the headquarter of the guardians, um, to kind of initiate Gwen in this entire time travel world. And it turns out that Gwen is like she's the twelfth time traveler in what they call the circle of twelve, and she and everyone like gets a gem assigned to them. And Gwen is the ruby, and she's supposed to have like these mystic powers. Which I then just think is the fact that she can see ghosts. Like, she's the guy from Sixth Sense that, like, can see dead people. You know? No, you probably haven't seen that movie either. I haven't either, but I know that because it's, like, a really famous movie moment. I'm sorry, I just, I just revealed the huge plot twist of that movie. But it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It just... But that is like it changes your. It apparently just changes your entire perspective on the movie. And oh, I'm sidetracked. I'm sidetracking again. Why am? Why am I doing this so much? Anyways, um, so we also discovered that Gwendolyn and Charlotte they were born on the same day, um, as 
where before we thought or we had the information that Gwen was born a day later than Charlotte but it turns out that um, the birth date on Gwen's papers like these official papers it was falsified her birth date so it was incorrect and um, yeah Gwen and Charlotte are born on the same day and that's like a huge thing since on that day the last time travel traveler was supposed to be born according to like calculation that Isaac Newton did like yeah yeah like they used real historical figures in a fictional way in this book so fucking Isaac Newton is like in in here and now I have to mark the podcast episode as explicit and I wouldn't have to do it were had I not just said the effort I'm sorry <laughs> so uh, what happens next is just um the, so Gwendolyn she hears she overhears uh, hers she overhears a discussion um that Grace and I think it was Falk Grace Falk Gideon all those people that that they are holding uh, about Lucy and Paul and what they did. So they stole the chronograph and all. But I explained that in the character part. Um, <laughs> so she hears that. And then uh, she meets Gideon, so the other time traveler. And she recognizes him as the guy she kissed. Or, or the guy she saw herself kiss in the past. Plot twist. Like... And she's totally crushing on him, but like he, he, his appearance is like he's her type in appearance, but in personality he's just really not. He's is really unpleasant. And then she and Sir George they um, they kind of go into a room apart and they kind of play a game uh, and that. I, I wrote a cross-examination. Please. Please. It's, it's cross-interrogation. I know. I know. I, I So they kind of play a game of cross-interrogation. And that's it's not actually a game. But like they, they do that as a game. Uh, so they each ask, ask each other a question. And then like he asks her a question. And then she asks him a question. And then like that's the entire time. And then uh, eventually, like, naturally, Gwen just comes to the point that she tells him she can see ghosts again. Sixth sense. And then uh, Dr. White, he examines Gwen and she um, sees... The, so earlier, um, during that conversation about Lucy and Paul, uh, the Dr. White was there too. And... Um, the little boy Robert was also there, and uh, she was uh, the only one we could see him. But she didn't realize that until later. So um, now she discovers that Robert is the deceased son of Doctor White. And then after um, that examination, she decides to go back to like the room where the other people are, and she catches a. Um, kind of a very personal conversation between Charles and Gideon since Charles she's really upset since like, she 
she was supposed to be the next time traveler and now she isn't and she she's a bit upset about it and Gideon has been really sweet and like comforting her and all those things and it's like a bit clear that they had a um, romantic relationship and then after that like there is a conversation with Gideon and Falk and like Dr. White and Gwen is also there and like she discovers that her blood is part um, of the key to unlocking unlocking I can't pronounce that word I had to, I had the same thing yesterday I say unlocking it's unlocking alright I'm sorry so Gwen's blood along with that of the other time travelers is the key to unlocking yeah yes that's right so unlocking um, a secret inside the chronograph and sidetracked about that <laughs> during the character thing and uh, so Gideon and Grace both don't want Gwen to be a part of all the time travel thing but because of different reasons and then uh, after that so Dr. White uh, he insists that Gwendolyn meets uh, the Count of Saint-Germain um, be- because he's like really important figure in their lore and yeah, apparently she's supposed to meet him. So, uh, and Grace really doesn't. So Gwendolyn's mother, Grace, uh, she really doesn't want that since she feels like she uh, she has this weird feeling about him um, that something's wrong, and um, she has heard that he can read minds. And more on that later. Okay, we're almost halfway through my notes. Oh my god, I've, I've, I've already recorded 50 minutes. I'm doing this slow. So yeah, and um, there um, then Grace uh, takes Gwen apart for a bit. And she tells her, uh, so Gwen's mom tells her that uh, she can't trust anyone of the Guardians. And um, that she really has to be careful um, because, yeah, again, the rumor that the Count of Saint Germain can uh, read thoughts. She warns her about that. So, um, and then we also discover that uh, Grace and Falk, so Grant's mother and Gideon's father, that they used to um, have a relationship that has like three weeks. And nothing much happens, apparently. <laughs> but, like, it's mentioned. And I've, I've written it down since, I don't know, that's, like, at the end of a chapter. And I remember that. So then uh, Gwen gets ready to travel to the 18th century. Uh, and she gets, like, this huge dress. Like, you know, like, the late 18th century dresses. Or, like, those huge things. So like she gets one of those dresses and a hat, but eventually she doesn't wear the hat. Um, but she was supposed to, but eventually it doesn't happen. And, she, and then she and Gideon they uh, time travel to um, the twenty fourth of September of the year seventeen seventy one, and then um, some of the guards in the headquarter in Temple. Um, some of those guards recognize Gideon 
from one of his earlier time travels uh, that to him was two years before um, the event of the book but um, to those guards it was only the day before so that's a bit strange to them since like Gideon has suddenly like aged two years and then uh, they were supposed to just visit this, the count and um, but he turns out not to be in the headquarter and they have to ride to London by coach so like the thing that with the horses and all really wobbly thing like Gwen gets nauseous just because like she's just thrown around in that coach while they were riding so like they um, they then get to the place where the count is and they talk to him and uh, yeah, he tries to converse with Gwen in French and German but Gwen she likes she she has a basic understanding of both languages but not thoroughly enough to understand everything the count says so like and, and this was a really fun passage to read and like in the things that they are saying out loud uh, out loud like so the count and Gideon are both talking in this French and German and um, there's random like the word gap in the middle of the sentences just because it's they use a word that Gwen doesn't understand and that's like gap so like you can just have a normal sentence like uh, <laughs> I don't know what the sentence was just like hi I am gap of course no it's not that sentence it's a name she should like she would have like, recognized but like you know like just random words in those sentences that just gets replaced by gap and you I didn't figure out what the actual words were but yeah <laughs> you know doesn't matter and then uh, during the conversation uh, one of the important topics is one of Gwendolyn's ancestors uh, Jeanne Durly and it's a French character so I now this time I'm really justified to say it in French but like if you would translate it to English it would be like Jane of Early so that's a place apparently um, and she so that is a important an important topic of conversation and then after that um, the count makes a very sexist comment which had me cringe like no it, it it was it is very obviously a sexist comment. I didn't like that, but you know, that is part of the character, I guess. And then uh, the count and Gideon they um, leave for a bit, and Gwen is left alone with uh, two companions of the count. So that's um, Miru Rakoxi. I think that was his name. I, I'm not sure. I so that that's Transylvanian alchemists. And uh, a an important lord in London at that time uh, that like that's funding the count's research, and uh, she shows them her mobile phone. She like takes a picture 
as he's trying to explain what it is and uh, they are very interested in that since uh, it's a thing that they don't know like late 18th century there there wasn't such a thing as pictures and then uh when Gideon and the count get back in the room um the count like telepathically threatens Gwen since she apparently broke one of his rules so she like he is choking choking her with like his telekinetic abilities and he he's talking to her in her head so like that's telekinesis of telekinesis I don't know how to say it that's another word I can't pronounce so telekinesis I guess like I had the same trouble last episode with Carrie like she has those abilities so that, that's telekinesis um, and telepathy, telepathy I can't pronounce this Anyway, uh, so those things like mind reading and just like psychically being able to touch and move things. So yeah, he, that absolutely threatens her and then uh, Gideon and Gwen leave. Uh, an hour? It's, it, it's taking way too long. This didn't take this long yesterday um and then uh on their way back to temple uh, to the headquarter of the guardians uh the coach of gwen and gideon they um take a detour to hyde park where they get ambushed and uh it's it's really unfair fights and it looks like gideon is going to lose and then Gwen kind of takes a like a sword ish thing, like the the sword thing you use like when when you're fencing. I I have no idea how it's called. I'm sorry, I'm probably offending every fence fencing player ever um, by calling it a sword. But that's it's like shaped like a sword, like a, a very big needle on a sword thing. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, amazing content! <laughs> so yeah, and she uses uses that to um, kill one of the guards. Uh, one, no, not one of the guards. Um, one of the people um, attacking Gideon, and then Gideon and Gwen they um, they travel back to the twenty first century, and she and Gwen really gets upset since yeah. She literally just killed a guy. She, it's normal that she gets upset, I think. Like, and Gideon tries to calm, comfort her. He's being really sweet. It's like it's out of character since he's only been like passive aggressive towards her and like very unfriendly. And now suddenly he's just comforting her. It's out of character, but it doesn't bother me. Like, not this time. And then uh, Gideon, uh, he takes Gwen home and he thanks her for kind of saving his life. Again, out of character, but it's sweet. And it's, like, justified. Since she literally killed someone to protect him, but, you know, apparently it's not something the character would do. And then the next day on breakfast, everyone is a bit tense, it's like... Charlotte and Glenda are still like they're, they're a bit mad and 
yeah it's basically just really tense and there isn't much fun and then uh, Gwen goes to school and she and Leslie they kind of skip geography and, and to talk in the girls red restroom the girls restroom about um yeah the things Leslie has researched about everything like Gwen everything that happens to Gwen uh, on her lost time jump so that's like the one with Gideon to uh, 1771 um, and Sir Whitman he kind of he knows they're skipping classes in the restroom and he gets them out and he brings them back to geography and he takes all of um, Leslie's research with him and we don't see that back in this book. I, I have no idea what it's in the next two books but in this book the research is gone. And then um, Gwendolyn she asks James so that's like the school ghost and she asks him to teach her etiquette since now she will need that on her time travels and he he is he he doesn't really know how to respond to that um but eventually he agrees to do that um and yeah to teach her that etiquette and then uh, Gwen Leslie and then Gordon and another classmate of theirs uh, Cynthia they uh, are like on the school grounds and they see Gideon and Charlotte interact with each other and they just like they're chatting they're like chatting and okay like he's holding her hand but they they are like totally freaking out about it <laughs> like get a grip people like they can just hold hands you know it's not something extremely special yeah, I don't know. Very um, one-sided character here. Um, and then so Gideon is there to pick Gwendolyn up. So he does that. He picks her up. And then... Yeah, and then they go back to Temple, to the headquarter of the Guardians. Um, and then uh, they kind of have the mission of going to 1912 and getting Margaret Tilney so if you remember that was Gwendolyn's great great grandmother um, so they have to travel back to 1912 to in order to get her blood, her blood for the chronograph but Margaret has only agreed to talk to Gwen, so like it doesn't help that Gideon is there. So you can see she doesn't want to talk to Gideon, but only to Gwen. And uh, Gwen wants to bring her mobile phone, but she can't because that's apparently against the rules. So now we find out which rule of this account she had broken. So apparently you aren't allowed to... Um, bring objects from the present to the past like that's logical like imagine you bring a gun to a time where they weren't guns and that like it people get the idea to make those things um 
earlier and uh, that would cause a butterfly effect to um, change the entire future. So it's 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 messes with the space-time continuum. Like if if you want to know more about that, like Marvel movies like the Infinity Saga, <laughs> especially like Avengers Endgame, they deep dive into time travel. Another reference again, I am doing very much sidetracking uh, back to the book. Then uh, they are in the past and we learn that Gideon is studying medicine at the University of London and um, he asks Gwen if Gideon, if, no, not if Gideon, <laughs> if Gordon, so one of those classmates um, he saw at school, if that um, is her boyfriend and then she says no because uh, that's not the case. And then uh, Margaret still doesn't want to give them her blood when they arrive there. But she does invite them to um, to come drink some tea and they take the offer. They accept the offer and but they get interrupted by Paul. So that's one of the two time travelers that like stole the first chronograph. Um, and he's there and he wants to talk to Gwen. So he wants to talk to Gwendolyn uh, and Gideon doesn't really trust them. Uh, so Lucy is there too and Gideon kind of holds her at gunpoint. And he threatens her. Um, and then they actually, yeah, then what happened? And then, then uh, they kind of leave. So Gideon and Gwen are leaving and then Lucy just she begs them to just stay and listen for a while um but yeah the, the Gideon doesn't want that and but Gwen is willing to listen to Lucy and Paul uh, but yeah Gideon doesn't allow that and um we're almost there uh, so Gideon doesn't allow that and uh, then Lucy just tells Gwen that she should ask her grandfather Lucas who um, already died so um, we never actually get to know that character except for like a few references so Lucy um, asks Gwen to um, ask her grandfather Lucas about I think I think it was like the green horseman or something about a green person or something like that. Probably like a code name again. And then uh, Gideon and Gwen, they run. And they hide in a church. Um, and there, like, they get really cozy in like a very small, tight room. Uh, and they can flirt, re- uh, flirt with each other for some reason. Since, hey, you know being chased by people and now we're just hiding in a church and we'll just like flirt with each other since we like hate each other the entire book but now now we're flirting for some reason Uh, yeah so they wait there to jump back to the present and then the last thing that happens in the last chapter before the epilogue is that Gideon kisses Gwen and I have no idea why I still don't get it but I guess I'll have to read the next part. It's just too open-ending not to. 
and I regret. And then the epilogue. So the epilogue, just like the prologue, we actually get Lucy and Paul again. So another conversation between Lucy and Paul. So in the prologue, it turns out that in the prologue, it turns out that those two people were Lucy Montrose and Paul de Villiers. And like the epilogue is again about them. They talk about their meeting with Gwen and Gideon. And uh, Paul doesn't like Gideon. He really makes that clear. He doesn't like Gideon. And uh, it's kind of half suggested that um, Gwen might be, might actually be the daughter of Paul and Lucy. Since like Lucy says she like bears resemblance to Paul because like she got she got his hair his hair color and texture but i don't know like it's implied and i i just read between the lines and that's what i got out of it but i'm not sure i'm not sure about it it's just a theory all right uh, that was the in-depth discussion it i definitely took longer than last time but I, i'm i still need to edit this so i'll see how long this really took um now let's go to the review so th- in this book it i didn't particularly like it so yeah i i have written down more things that i didn't like than the things I liked. So um so but but we're still going to start positively. What I liked was the time travelling. It's like again, it's like a fantasy element. There's a fantasy book. And like time travelling is something you can do a lot of things with it if you know how to use it properly. So that time travelling was something I liked and the mystery. There is a lot of mystery in this book. Like Again, what is the secret in the chronograph? Um, what is uh, why don't Lucy and Paul want that to come out? Why um, did they run away? Why they why did they steal the chronograph in the first place? What happened there? Um, what is the deal with the Count of Saint Germain? Because that's a really strange person. Like, what is he up to? Like that he has a secret agenda agenda. I'm sorry, what is he up to? Why does he want that secrets to come out? <laughs> like there there are a lot of questions and a lot of mystery. And uh, what I also liked is the writing style of this book. It's very easy to read. Like once you get past the information dump, it's very easily easy to read. And now, well, there's also there's always some ne- negative things, and unfortunately, this book has a lot of negative things, um, in my opinion. So just like I said in the beginning, like Gwen, Gwendolyn doesn't seem like she's sixteen to me. I I really I really would picture her as thirteen or fourteen, maybe. But like sixteen, she she doesn't have that maturity. Um, and what I also thought, like, 
the characters and maybe the plots that could have been more developed. It's like it's a bit flat. Like the characters aren't characters I could really sympathize with. And of course you don't really need them, but I I don't know, I, I don't feel like those characters were really fleshed out enough. But this is the first part of a trilogy. And maybe it's just that the author only really gets a lot of it, a lot of character development in the later parts. But I really missed that in the f- this first part. And when there was character development, it was illogical. Like getting just going from I hate her to I'm going to kiss her. I love her. Without apparent reason. It it just this didn't really make sense to me. And like I also didn't get why Gwen was like in love with Gideon since she really she notes that his character, his personality is something she really doesn't like. She says that she explicitly says that and still she's in love with her and okay yeah that happens in real life but come on seriously like okay maybe like physically Gideon is Gwen's type but if the personality isn't good I don't see why you would stay with him or why you would still be like happy like another thing about the time travel and I really was holding myself back to not say that like a minute ago <laughs> so um, just I feel like those rules of time traveling that they haven't really been explained well enough so I, I would have liked having more explanation to what the limitation of the time travel are like okay you can't, you can't travel to the future and you aren't allowed to bring objects from your own time and all those things like but it's just a bit annoying I would have really liked having more of those rules really explained or more integrated in the story because I feel like that doesn't happen enough here and then yeah what I also did like is the ending wasn't conclusive. You, this is an ending where it's it's really open and it's you have to read the next book to get it. And then you probably have to read the book after that to get that too since it's a trilogy. And I know that's like that happens for trilogies, but this isn't a book that I thought of like this isn't a book that I really wanted to continue with just because yeah, because what I said uh, as negative things, it just those things annoy me, and I, I don't get the. It doesn't make sure that I want to read the next part, but now I have to. But I, I just like hope they get a book just entirely focused on Lucy and Paul, since I think like. I like those parts better and I would have liked us having a story out of their perspective but of course like this perspective it's it's something the author thought about probably like and you know maybe we get books about Paul and Lucy or 
like in their perspective and that would that would really pique my interest because i think those are very interesting characters and more interesting than gwen and gideon if i'm honest all right um that was it for today uh thank you for listening thank you for tuning in also thank you to everyone who's um followed the instagram page of the podcast and any anyone who's already listened it really made me happy to see that there were like i have nine listens i that it, it isn't much but it's a beginning like i have I already have nine listens in the first two weeks, like, and I've got feed. There, I've gotten feedback from people I know who've listened, and that really helped me evolve. So, I hope that this episode that you liked it, uh, and that maybe um, you would consider reading this book. Uh, and well i hope you stick around to hear me talk about more books uh speaking of that i had a list oh i'm sorry i i almost killed my microphone um i had the list of episodes like in the order that i wanted to talk about them and i completely threw it i threw it in the trash i just i'm following an entire different pattern like i was going to start with um patrick ross versus the name of the wind now i started to carry carry was like the only book that was actually on the list so this book wasn't even on it but i just i had to read it for school and i thought well if i'm reading it why not do an episode on it so that's what i've done but uh ross versus book is coming and uh lost no not last week next week um i am probably going to take a thriller um before i go to sleep from um written by uh sj watson so like if, if you want if you already want to know what happens in the book or like if you want to have read the book before i talk about it so you can hear my long description of it like you have that possibility and i'll try to make sure that i mention the next book i'm going to cover so that you know this because maybe that's like the that that makes it more interesting since the largest part of the podcast is me talking in depth about this book and uh, anyways like if you could help me out with finding other books um not fantasy because i already have enough fantasy books i want to discuss like but books of other genres that you would like me to discuss um so that i don't just make this entire this an entire fantasy book podcast since that wasn't my goal um so yeah you can find the podcast on social media on instagram on facebook um, on goodreads uh, that's like a book website where you can get reviews and all uh, and we have an email address and you can find all those things um, in the description of the podcast um, I put a link to Linktree and that's like a website where you can find all the links associated with the podcast and um, if you don't mind please just follow the podcast wherever you're listening um, 
give us give, give my little projects give it a rating um review answer the q and a's i really or like the polls i would really like to know your opinion on some things it's nice to like for me to have this interaction with people so, so like and tell me in the comments of like instagram or facebook posts what you thought about a book discuss it like send me an email talking about books i'll probably respond um as soon as i see the email i'll try i'll respond <coughs> i'll respond and i'm gladly talking to you about books and like suggestions about like bonus episodes or like special episodes where i am not talking about a book like i'm i'm in at the end of the year uh i'm going to like recap all the books i've read in 2023 i'm just gonna give you an overview because that's something you can do on goodreads so i'm going to tell you that um and yeah the lost books will probably be the ones i discussed in the podcast but before that like i've already read 27 books and like that's on paper or ebook i don't count the audiobooks i listen to but like I'm just going to give you an overview on that um, at the end of the year. But like suggestions on, like I was thinking maybe do a bonus episode about a TV show I liked. Or like since there are other podcasts like the storytelling podcasts, audio dramas. I'm going to sometimes just take some of those that I like or like my my top 10 podcasts i listen to both in dutch and in english like those things i can basically do as bonus episodes but let me know what you would like to hear like which books you want me to to discuss and which bonus content you would like and um well that's it for today if you do all the things i just asked um very big thank you if you're just listening to this podcast it helps too very much thank you thank you thank you thank you for listening um keep reading and i'll see you in the next one bye